0: How are you doing? Where are we now? <laughs> been uh, been a while, isn't it? I I barely remember what life used to be like. <laughs> well, that's not really true, but. <laughs> It seems like a distant memory, I'll tell you that. So, I was just watching the Run the Jewels new um, video, Ooh La La, and it's great. It's from their next album. And it opens with a a quotation on the screen. One day the long-fought battle between humanity and the forces of greed and division will end and on that day, finally free, we will throw a motherfucking party. <laughs> and it says it's an ancient proverb. I don't know about that, but <laughs> I'm sure the sentiment is ancient. Um, I had the occasion to go look back in pixels, uh, I was putting together a little bit of a, a tribute to an art a pixels artist who who died recently a wonderful woman named Susan Thompson and uh and I found a, a daily pic where I had uh, used uh, for her picture which I used on the brochure uh, it's of a guitar very psychedelic really cool um for the the Markham Vineyards gallery show we did back a few years ago. And, and with the Daily Pick, there was a beautiful poem uh, that strain, was strangely appropriate. Um, and also, I, in, I mean, in light of her passing, um, and then I, the video was Yorma uh, Kaukinen's of the Jefferson Airplane, uh, Embryonic Journey, and uh, which was on the uh, guitar solo guitar piece on on uh, the surrealistic pillow album and it's it's that guitar piece is tied in my mind with uh, Christopher Parkening's uh, Kuna by Mon Poo on his R- romanza album as the two greatest solo guitar pieces of all time uh, but I was watching the 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 video of hippies dancing in Golden Gate Park back in 1967 that that accompanied the, the embryonic journey, and it was it was just so beautiful, and I, you know, it hit me. I said, they had to kill us. They had to stop. You know, they'd already gotten Kennedy in '67. They hadn't killed Bobby or Martin Luther King yet. They were killing Black Panthers. And now we know they, they would keep killing Vietnam, the Middle East. It should be obvious they won it all. They'd already killed a couple of hundred witnesses to the Kennedy assassination, all sorts of different ways. And that kept happening up until the late 70s. Uh, here is an excerpt uh, from Hunter Thompson's Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, which the first installment of which published on November 10th, 1971. Strange memories on this nervous night in Las Vegas. Five years later, six years later, it seems like a lifetime or at least a main era, the kind of peak that never comes again. San Francisco in the middle 60s was a very special time and place to be part of. Maybe it meant something, maybe not in the long run, but no explanation, no mix of words or music or memories can touch that sense of knowing that you were there and alive in that corner of time and the world, whatever it meant. History is hard to know because of all the hired bullshit, But even without being sure of history, it seems entirely reasonable to think that every now and then, the energy of a whole generation comes to a head in in a long, fine flash for reasons that nobody really understands at the time, which never explained in retrospect what actually happened. My central memory of that time seems to hang on one or five or maybe 40 nights or very early mornings. when I left the Fillmore half crazy and instead of going home aimed aimed the big 650 lightning across the Bay Bridge at 100 miles an hour wearing LLB shorts and a Butte Shepherder's jacket, booming through the Treasure Island tunnel at the lights of Oakland and Berkeley and Richmond, not quite sure which turn off to take when I got to the other end, always stalling at the toll gate Too twisted to find neutral, while I fumbled for change. But finally, uh, but being absolutely certain that no matter which way I went, I would come to a place where other people were just as high and wild as I was, no doubt about that. There was madness in any direction at any hour. If not across the bay, then up the Golden Gate or down 101 to Los Altos or La Honda, you could strike sparks anywhere there was a fantastic universal sense of that whatever we were doing was right that we were winning and i think that was the that the sense of inevitable victory over the forces of old and evil not in any mean or military sense we didn't need that our energy would simply prevail there was no point in fighting on our side or theirs we had all the momentum we were riding the crest of a high and beautiful wave, and now, less than five years later, you can go up on a steep hill in Las Vegas and look west, and with the right kind of eyes, you can almost see the high water mark—that place where the wave finally broke and rolled back. Well, we're fifty years out, and you know there's a certain innocence to what Thompson was writing. So we you know it it was already over. they'd already begun, and now we're at the end end result uh, they've stolen all the money uh, they've gutted this country uh, there's nothing left for us It's all thanks to rich guys. I fucking hate them. I, uh, I have some albums on, uh, on, uh, band camp, and you pay any price you want for them, like zero. and, uh, there's a guy I know, and, uh, I know him through the synthesizer community, used to be really involved with that, um. When I, you know, there was a time where we, you know, uh, but anyway, I met him through that. But I know this guy now makes uh, his, between dividends and his salary, he makes um, $2,700,000 a year or thereabouts. And uh, I know that another friend of mine who's much closer to him. Tells me he and this guy and his friends, you know, they they give each other, you know, rare synthesizers and stuff like that. They never make any music. And they, I can assure you, they would never give one of those synthesizers. Like, you know, like I would love to have a Jupiter-6 uh, because of what it can do with white noise. I mean, you can sh- do... Well, that's a thing for another day. But anyway, <laughs> they would never... These rich guys would never give a cent to a poor person who, a real artist who would actually use them. But they like, you know but anyway, so this guy went and he, I, I looked on his, his uh, bandcamp page, and he's got all these covers with naked women on them. Well, it just so happens there's a naked woman on the well, c- cover of two of my albums, so a, there was one, and he, he it was pay anything you want. He paid one dollar <laughs> for the album. I mean, most of my friends that go buy an album, pay they pay ten. You know, <laughs> they don't have to. Um, you know, uh, but they do because they're you know decent decent people. And they they know that that you know artists should get a little something. But yeah this guy played one one dollar <laughs> oh, oh man yeah it reminds me of this other a woman I know who uh, she, i know she i was doing a um was trying to doing a kickstarter campaign i think for something and you could uh you could do as as little as a dollar donation. Uh, and I got an email from her. I would sent out an email to people asking them to take a look why she couldn't donate any money. Now, I know she just had happened to repaint her her private jet, the family private jet. But, and I got an email from her telling me why she couldn't donate any money. That's fucking rich people. They're just... Fucking pigs, and uh, they—they do—they want it all. Um, and uh, I, you know, I, I was also thinking about <laughs> thinking about how artists, you know, basically have to tell rich people every so often that they suck. It's like—I I, mean—one of my great heroes is Mark Rothko. Who you know he did those beautiful shimmering fields of color paintings, and he got commissioned for a, for back in the '60s a large amount of money. It's worth a couple in in, in today's dollars worth a couple of million dollars to do a series of paintings for the Four Seasons uh, restaurant in uh, in New York City, and uh, he painted them, and then he went and had. Had lunch there one day, and he was looking around at all the rich people eating there, and uh, and he, he he got so pissed off he 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 said anybody anybody who eats this kind of food at these kind of prices will never look at a painting of mine, and it's true. So he gave back the money. I mean, I don't think that would happen today, because well, the you know the art you know. I mean, the, 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 art, the art world is really just an art market now. It's just, a, you know, it's a shame what's happened there, but yeah, rich people, man. History is replete with examples of artists and composers turning on their benefactors, their patrons, because that's their job. They have to do it. And, uh, and they pay for it. Uh, Rembrandt died and was buried in a pauper's grave. Uh, he died, died penniless. Um, he'd been the toast of uh, bourgeois uh, Amsterdam. But at some point he you know, pissed everybody off and so but I can't think of I know WC did. I, I think he slept with one of his patrons' wives. <laughs> well done, Claude. That's all I gotta say. That's the trouble with these rich guys. They know that artists are so infinitely much more attractive to women, but uh, but they have the money, so it's the only way they can compete. They they win usually. Uh, that's the truth, you know. They get the girl, <laughs> but they're still losers. <laughs> so yeah uh you know i I'm all for pitchforks, torches, guillotines. I have a hyper capitalist friend who once told me that it was uh captains of industry who created the economic circumstances that allowed enabled artists and musicians to create art and music. And uh, I, I said, no, there was art and music before there was money and there will be art and music after there is money. Carl Jung said that artists plunge into or go into the, the abyss, the engine of creation, to retrieve the universal archetypes and bring them forth here in the language of the presence so that, you know, everyday people can also tap into the wellsprings of the eternal. That, that's their job. This is Knox, riding the wild bubble with you forever.